Hello there, and welcome to the Garforth Education Podcast. My name is Dr. Catherine Garforth, and I am excited for episode five of the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing the various literacy frameworks that are kind of hot topic right now in the various literacy or reading groups. And it's important to remember that while there are many different literacy conceptualizations and frameworks available, not all of them have the same amount of research supporting them. So we need to recognize their place in our understanding of how literacy skills develop and what to look for when there are problems. The older frameworks are ones that have a lot of research-backed evidence, and there are some great new frameworks available that I will discuss, but we need to recognize that they don't have the same amount of evidence behind them, so we should still start looking at the tried-and-true ones before jumping on to some of the new, more vogue frameworks, recognizing that when things boil down to the bare minimum, the the, the tried and true ones have more evidence behind them. That being said, uh, the new ones are also great ones to look for, for inspiration and understanding uh, what may be contributing to difficulties when we are stumped with what we see with the older versions. So let's start off with the simple view of reading. Now, Gao and Hunner uh, first published this in 1986, and it's a simple formula where we see that word recognition times language comprehension equals reading comprehension. Now, Goff and Tumner never expected this to explain absolutely everything involved in reading or what is needed for reading comprehension. They highlighted that this is very simplistic view But it is useful when we are working with individuals to recognize where problems are occurring, especially when we start working with students who are older, recognizing that the word recognition is still an equal and important factor when we are looking to reading comprehension. So let's break this down in a little bit more detail before looking at the different values that we can see in the uh, equation. So word recognition was once referred to as decoding, I believe in the original publication. And what it means is the individual's ability to read the word on the page. Now, there are various factors that contribute to this that we will discuss uh, in a moment. And when we look at Scarborough's reading rope, but what we're trying to see in the simple view of reading is can they read the words on the page? The goal is for this value to be one. So the highest 
value is one, the lowest value is zero. So you have students who cannot recognize the word on the page and they would have a value of zero. Students that are able to decode a bit, but not very uh, quick or accurate in their word recognition would have a decimal value between zero and one. This is going to have impact because we see that the equation has a multiplication. So if there's a decimal, it's going to make whatever the value of the language comprehension smaller. Now, language comprehension refers to the individual's ability to understand and comprehend spoken language. Again, like word recognition, we're seeing the values range from zero to one. And where an individual is only able to comprehend language on a service level, they're only going to likely have maybe, you know, a 0.5 or a 0.6. But when individuals are going to be able to dig deeper and understand things on a deeper level, reflecting on the conversation, that is going to result in a higher value closer to or a one. When we multiply these two values together, we get the total reading comprehension uh, ability of the student, recognizing that a weakness in either of these areas is going to impact the final value of reading comprehension. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this is a simple view. So there are elements that we are missing. Uh, when it comes to executive functioning, and we're not dividing the, the skills of word recognition or language comprehension into further detail. The thing is that this conceptualization has been around for a, a while now, almost, uh, <laughs> you know, close to 50 years, just shy of 50 years. It's been around for 47 years. And we're seeing in the research, it consistently is pretty good at dictating what a student's reading comprehension will be. But measuring word recognition and language comprehension is a very, very vague skill that we can see uh, breaks down into smaller skills when we talk about Scarborough's reading loop. But before I move forward, I do want to highlight that when we are working with older students who are struggling with reading comprehension, it is essential that we do assess their word recognition and not commit a suicide where we assume that the student can read and they're just struggling with the comprehension part. Because it's often the case where they are still struggling with the word recognition part, that means that they're going to have difficulty with their reading comprehension part. And we can't just assume that putting students in a, a comprehension intervention is going to support uh, improving their reading comprehension. Now, when we look at word recognition times language comprehension equal reading comprehension, it allows us to figure out the best place to focus our interventional efforts. 
When we see a student that struggles with work recognition, but not language comprehension, we're going to see that that student will have a specific learning disorder in reading. And this can often be identified as dyslexia. Now, we have the skills and the knowledge to help improve the word recognition and the decoding ability of students. So this is where it is essential to put our intervention efforts during intervention periods and not on the language comprehension piece if the individual does not struggle with language comprehension. No language comprehension or reading comprehension strategy is going to make up for the fact that a student can't recognize the words. We want students to become independent and able to read appropriate text in order to succeed in life. Now, if you are working on a language comprehension or a reading comprehension activity and you feel it is essential for the student to gain benefit from this, then we want to give the student every opportunity to succeed. So we want to remove that word recognition part of the equation by allowing them to ear read or listen to the text. So we are removing the demand of word recognition and it allows the student to focus on language comprehension. Let's move on to Scarborough's reading rope. In 2001, Dr. Hollis Scarborough came up with a conceptualization of how we get to skilled reading, defined as fluent execution and coordination of word recognition and text comprehension. So not only is the student or the individual able to read fluently in a manner that mimics spoken language, they are able to understand what they are reading and more than just at a surface level. Dr. Scarborough used the um, headings of word recognition and language comprehension for this rope. So that allows us to look at, through it using the simple view of reading lens. And she broke it up into smaller skills or different skills that need to be woven together in order for these to occur. If we look at word recognition, we see that there are several skills involved in word recognition, including phonological awareness, where the individual is aware of the spoken sounds of the language they are reading, decoding, and in English, they require the alphabetical principle, understanding the letter sound and spelling sound correspondences so that they can see the written word, and translate it to the spoken word through decoding. And then we want to have sight recognition or the ability to see a word and read it unconsciously because it is a word that we have orthographically mapped. That means that the individual can read it within a fraction of a second and without effort. This is the ultimate goal and we want all words to become sight words. Now, sight words and the sight recognition does not refer to words that the student has just 
memorized because that is not an efficient way of building the sight word vocabulary. As you have the phonological awareness, decoding and sight recognition become increasingly automatic, the word recognition value gets closer to that one. When we see the other side of the equation or the language comprehension, we recognize that there are five core elements that need to be there for an individual to really understand the spoken language. That includes having a vast background knowledge of facts and concepts related to what you are reading. A vocabulary that has the depth and breadth to understand the language used in the text, having understandings of synonyms and antonyms, recognizing how the word relates to the other words within the text. The reader needs to understand various language structures, looking at the syntax and semantics of the language. So it is not enough to just have a vocabulary. You have to recognize how those words react with the words around them and impact the meaning of what is being communicated. The reader needs to have the ability to have reasoning or verbal reasoning, recognizing things that need to be inferenced from what they are reading, looking to the various structures such as similes and metaphors. This will allow them to have a deeper understanding of the language used within the text. We also need the reader to have a literacy knowledge where we have concepts about print and ideas about the different genres, understanding that the way that we under or comprehend text in different settings and different types of texts are different. So if we are reading a Shakespearean play, we're going to need different skills than if we're reading a picture book to a, a kindergarten class or reading through a science or a mathematical textbook and reading poetry. These different types of texts require different comprehension skills. Now, as these language comprehension skills weave together and become increasingly strategic and intertwine with the word recognition, an individual is able to become that skilled reader. The reason why I like Scarborough's Reading Rope is it allows us to be a little bit more conclusive about where we need to focus intervention efforts with students as opposed to just looking at their language comprehension and word recognition. Uh, this reading rope also has a lot of research backing it, and we are fairly concrete in our understanding of the different strands within the rope and their impact to reading. More recently, uh, Duke and Catwright produced the active view of reading. Now, this is a great model of reading. And it incorporates other aspects 
that we need to consider when we are looking at reading comprehension. However, this was only produced in 2021. So it is a still very new model of reading. And we re need to recognize that the uh, research behind it just isn't there yet. And that the different elements within the active view of reading don't have the same weight when it comes to um, identifying reading problems and providing support for the individual. I turned to the active view of reading to help understand an individual's needs after I have already looked at their difficulties through a simple view of reading and a Scarborough's reading rope lens. I do not start with this one because the majority of individuals that you work with, unless they have an intellectual disability, are going to be able to have the issues identified through the simple view of reading and Scarborough's reading rope. That being said, the simple view of reading starts out with recognizing the view, the importance of active self-regulation, looking at the student's motivation and engagement for reading, recognizing that if a student doesn't want to read, no matter what we do, we're not going to be able to support them and expect them to read the text. There are executive functions that come into play as an individual reads, and these are important. Recognizing that working memory or the ability to hold information in your head while you're using it is important when it comes to things like decoding words and understanding what is happening in a text while you are reading it. Having inhibitory control, so the ability to filter out things and recognize what aspects of the text are more important than others, as well as cognitive flexibility. So the ability to not just focus on what the text is saying at face value. These all contribute to word recognition strategies, comprehension strategies, and vocabulary building strategies. But again, when we're looking at neurotypical students and your everyday struggling reader, this is not where it is best to focus your attention. We should still focus on the word recognition and language comprehension components to design an intervention instead of defaulting at the active self-regulation. The active view of reading then splits into three components, word recognition, the bridging process, and language comprehension. Word recognition contains the same elements that we see in Scarborough's reading rope, just broken up a little bit further. So we see phonological awareness, the alphabetic principle, phonics knowledge, so the understanding of the letter sound correspondences, having the skills to decode words, and the individual having that sight word vocabulary or the ability to recognize words 
at site without needing to apply the decoding skills so that the word is part of their sight word vocabulary, meaning they can recognize it within a fraction of a second and it is orthographically mapped. The next category is the bridging processes that help the individual take what they have for the word recognition and apply it to the language comprehension components. So here we see ideas such as prints concepts, reading fluency, vocabulary knowledge, morphological awareness, graphophonological, semantic, cognitive flexibility. So this is a complex concept, but we're looking at being able to try different sounds for grapheme phoneme correspondences, recognizing that when there are words that are spelt the same way but have different pronunciations, what word to put in? So are we talking about... Uh, read or read. We need to use the information from the text to uh, discover which word we should be reading. With this, we are able to facilitate the language comprehension. Now, language comprehension in the active view of reading does add a couple extra things that we don't necessarily talk about in Scarborough's reading rope to the same detail, but I feel that it is covered by some of the, the, the concepts just voiced differently. So we see cultural and other content knowledge. So again, this does fit in with background knowledge, but it highlights the fact that we need to take into consideration a student's culture and the knowledge that they bring to the table when they are reading texts, allowing us to recognize that we need to provide students with the knowledge they need to understand a text before they read a text in order to give them access to the comprehension they'll need to understand it. So they're going to need to have reading specific background knowledge as well. And that means that they are going to understand that genre and the text features within the text. You can't approach reading a Shakespearean play the same way that you approach reading a recipe in a cookbook or following a science experiment. So the reader has to have the skills they need to read the text appropriately. Uh, we see verbal reasoning again, as well as language structure. This means that the reader is able to think a little bit deeper about what they are reading and recognize how the order and placement of words within the text is going to affect its meaning. Finally, we have a theory of mind, and this is the ability to think about thinking. And it is something that individuals with autism spectrum disorder and other neurodiversities can struggle with. It means that the reader is able to take what they are reading and not take it at face value, think a little bit deeper, and recognize that everything that they know as a reader is not necessarily known by individuals within the text, and also understanding the different biases that occur within text. 
These three components, word recognition, the bridging process, and language comprehension, all contribute to reading and reading comprehension. All of these elements are important and things to consider when we see an individual who is struggling with reading comprehension. They are valid, but they do not have equal pull on reading comprehension, and they are not elements that we need to consider for every student. If we look at a MTSS model or a multi-tiered system of support, I typically like using the simple view of reading when I'm working with students at the whole class level. I want to see if the students struggle with reading words or word recognition, what their language comprehension is, and see how that influences reading comprehension. If I'm putting them into small groups, I would break up students who struggle with word recognition and make sure they get the support that they need to improve their word recognition. And then I would group students that struggle with language comprehension together and help build their background knowledge, making sure that they have the information that they need to understand the text that they are reading, as well as strategies to support their understanding of what they are reading. If we see that students are still struggling despite this small group intervention, then I would move them into tier two and take a closer look at the elements we find in Scarborough's reading rope. I would apply event interventions based on these findings and only then when I turn to the active view of reading if they are not responding. However, if I know that a student has something like ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, autism, or another um, cognitive impairment, I may put more uh, emphasis on some of these strategies or these um, Ideas mentioned in the active view of reading, because if we have a student with oppositional defiance disorder, then the motivation and engagement is going to be a key piece because we are going to see problems with them reading texts. Uh, if we have students from uh, non um, dominant culture, then we definitely need to make sure that they have the appropriate cultural and background knowledge to understand the text. A lot of this is common sense. Recognizing if an individual does not have these elements, they are going to struggle to understand what they read. There are a couple other views of reading that or literacy development that are important to consider uh, because they are also relatively new. Um, but before we go into them, I do want to introduce you to the simple view of writing. Like the simple view of reading, it tries to boil that writing process down to simple ideas. And it's looking at the individual needing to have ideas and the ability to transcribe them or write them down in order to have writing. Uh, Berninger and colleagues 
produced this view in 2002, a year after Scarborough's reading group was produced, and it, it seemed uh, to go along lines of the simple view of reading. But the following year, they realized that we couldn't just boil it down to the simple view of reading, or sorry, the simple view of writing. In 2003, Berninger and Amptman produced the not-so-simple view of writing, recognizing that executive functions come into play when there is writing involved. So we see that ideas plus transcription and an important factor of executive functions are needed for an individual to produce written work. Then Joan Sedita came up with the writing rope. This is similar to Scarborough's reading rope in the fact that she identified skills needed to be woven together to produce well-written doc er, material. The major elements we see are critical thinking, syntax, text structure, writing craft, and transcription, recognizing that all of these aspects are needing for an individual to become a skilled writer. Critical thinking refers to the ability for the individual to gather ideas, to write, as well as come up with information from a variety of sources. They also need to have effective writing processes that allow them to organize, draft, write, and revise the text they are doing or composing. Syntax refers to the grammar and syntactic awareness needed for the individual to write sentences that a reader may understand. The idea of different sentence structures, lengths, and purposes, as well as having awareness of the punctuation within written text, understanding it is different than spoken text. The writer needs to have understanding about the various text structures available, such as narrative, informational, and opinion text structures. They need to have the conceptualization of a paragraph how to organize paragraphs and written composition, understanding how to write a description versus a sequence of events, cause and effect, uh, and comparing contrast items, as well as presenting problems and solutions. This all has to happen within the text in a logical manner, and benefits from the writer using linking and transitional words to help the reader follow the thought process of the text. Then we come to writing craft, where we see that word choice is important, awareness of the task that they are trying to write for, as well as the audience and purpose of the composition. As they also need to be aware of the various literary devices available, recognizing their appropriate use and when to incorporate them into their writing. Lastly, we have transcription. 
this refers to the individual's ability to spell the words they intend on using and recognizing when they are spelt incorrectly, as well as the actual physical task of handwriting or keyboarding the information. Because writing, of course, is the visual form of communicating in language and needs the, the writer needs to be able to create the text. The reason why I wanted to bring up the simple view of writing, the not so simple view of writing, and the writing rope is because it is important to consider reading as part of literacy. When we look at the written language from both the ability to produce it and the ability to consume it. So Jan Wozowicz created the Language Literacy Network. Now this looks at the simple view of reading, Scarborough's reading rope with the simple view of writing and the writing rope weaving things together and highlighting other aspects that are important. So we see the reading side and the writing side in the Language Literacy Network. It is very similar to looking at what we need for Scarborough's reading rope, as well as what we see in the writing rope and putting these together. But the important thing that we see in this conceptualization of the language literacy network is the approach to take to teaching students to read and become literate. If we go from the reading side first, we are looking at a print-to-speech approach to teaching reading. We are focusing on the reading and not including the other aspect of literacy, writing. That is referred to as print-to-speech. The other approach to teaching literacy is incorporating the written or sorry, the, the spoken language and the written language together. So we are looking at assigning the speech sounds to printed letters. And the, the jury's still out whether it is better to teach reading use a, a print to speech versus a speech to print approach when it comes to teaching reading. Uh, but there does seem to be uh, an advantage when it comes to the spelling side and the writing side of the equation when we do use that speech to print approach to teaching literacy. Now, BrainSpring Academy also created a, a similar concept where it has bringing the information that we have from the simple view of reading and Scarborough's reading rope together with the simple view of writing and the writing rope. And they call it the literacy knot. 
So they've changed the, the vocabulary for the different elements of this a little bit differently. They call it reading analytics, where we look at the importance of background knowledge, vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, and literacy knowledge, and recognize that oral language and content knowledge are important in that reading analytics side of the equation. And then we have the reading automaticity that relates to the word recognition, where we see the phonological awareness, decoding, and sight word recognition. And then on the writing side of the or the knot, we see writing analytics, the background knowledge, vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, and literacy knowledge. So we see that these same skills are important for both reading and writing, which are both elements of literacy. When we look at writing automaticity, it highlights the importance of the handwriting or the actual transcription of the spoken word to the printed word, looking at coding, encoding, which refers to the spelling of words, and also having an understanding of the sentence boundaries. These are all important aspects when it comes to creating an individual who is literate. So they can not only read, but they can also write within the language. Now, the important thing to consider is that these are just frameworks and conceptualization of how we learn to read and write. They are meant to support our understanding of the process, and they are not actually the exact steps taken to create a literate or a literate individual, recognizing that there are other factors that come into play, and this is just to help us understand how to support individuals who are struggling along the way, and also improve the ability of those who are proficient. Now, the active view of reading, the language literacy network, and the literacy knot are new to the scene and don't have the same research behind them as things like the simple view of reading, Scarborough's reading rope, and the writing rope. So we need to recognize that we need to take it cautiously when we are pushing these as instructional methods and strategies, recognizing that the research isn't there yet to provide the support that we need to say that, yes, these are what we need to go with and how we need to succeed. Now, I hope you have enjoyed this discussion on the different literacy uh, conceptualizations, and I look forward to upcoming episodes where we discuss other aspects of education in more detail. Now, if you're wondering what your next steps are, make sure that you follow Garforth Education on social media. Like, share, comment, subscribe, and ask questions so I know how to do episodes that are important to you and help increase your understanding. If you have any questions related to the podcast, go to www.garfortheducation.com slash podcast or send an email to podcast at garforthedu
www.thinkwithmeshow.com. If you are wanting to know more about the things we discussed today, I recommend enrolling in the Reading Development Explained course available through Garforth Education. This course has received micro-credentials from Credentials Unlimited, meaning that you can receive micro-credentials after completing this course. Currently, we are offering a discount for October Awareness Month, and the course is 25% off until November 10th, 2023. Go to garfortheducation.com to learn more about this opportunity. And next week, I will be discussing how we can use the psychoeducational assessment to inform the individualized education plans, helping teachers understand how to support a student with diverse learning needs better with actionable pieces of information, allowing more success for everyone. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to future episodes.